Here we are. Welcome again to another episode of the Jay and Rob Toy Show. It's an exciting time to be back already. These weeks just keep flying by over and over and over again. And here we are once more. And as always, you're not just getting a spoonful of Daddy Rob. You get my good friend, the chocolate, strawberry, and vanilla to my rocky road, Mr. Jay Bartlett. Uh, Daddy Rob, that's is that a thing now? You're Daddy Bartlett. No, I'm not yes, nobody's daddy. <laughs> <laughs> not yet. I'm Give not, it time. I'm nobody's daddy. Um, <laughs> daddy Rob, that's funny. Well, where'd you come up with that? I, dude, there's no plan for any of these things. These just, intros just are always off the cuff. The the, the yeah. brilliant mind of Rob McCallum came up with Daddy Rob. That's where it came Fair from. Enough. Fair enough. Papa Macaloo, Daddy Rob. You you pick your poison, you mix it around in your drink, you take a swig, and you pass it around. How's your week going? Okay. Uh, anything new? Any uh, big news or anything? Big teasers? My week, uh, it's it's going pretty good. It's going in the right direction. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, shooting some YouTube stuff again, getting back at it. I took a month off for... Uh, just just reasons I needed to take a month off. So looking sure. forward to shooting again and uh, getting out there. Difficult because we got that bet where we can't buy anything until season two of the Jay and Rob Toy Show is over on Jinx. Uh, so it's been pretty hard. I don't know how you've managed. If Not you so well, bet. my friend. Not so yeah. well. I, we can update everybody for sure. So everybody that may be uh, coming in late to this, uh, Jay and I have a bet that we started two weeks ago now in which we will resist to buy dollies, resist to put new things on the shelves. Existing pre-orders didn't count, but we can't buy anything new or pre-order mm-hmm. anything new whatsoever. And last week we, we strutted in here after a week on, uh, on the wagon, all pretty... Uh, cocky and confident and uh you know we're, we don't need no dollies and then this week i don't know it's starting to pick at me my friend starting to pick at me yeah there's a lot of um a lot of stuff i've been you've been sending me a lot i think you're trying to get me <laughs> yeah. to, to cry but the stuff you sent me actually was stuff that's coming out like down the line yeah, yeah it's hard I've, I've been around to a few places and seen some stuff and uh finally saw the wind raider for the origins line which i know has been out mostly everywhere, but I haven't seen it yet for whatever reason. I saw that and I had, I was like, ah, Wind yeah. Raider and uh, a bunch of DC uh, multiverse guys, but uh, I've resisted. Yeah. I resisted. I was, uh, I, I, I can add it to the stream here. I saw some stuff on Big Bad Toy Store, of course. Our favorite uh, online retailer, probably at this point, we work with them a lot. Uh, they're the best, Jerry. Everything the best. We do. And I saw this down here. Gotham Knights DC multiverse figure. So you've got oh, Robin. Click that. That's the best one right there. Look at that. Uh, Batgirl looks pretty sweet too. I gotta say, yeah. uh, Red Hood. Sure, there's they're all pretty close when it comes to Red Hood, but Nightwing, Nightwing. looks awesome too. Yeah. So the whole wave with those four like that. Ah, uh, that was. It's all, the, it's all the Robins right there. Yeah. That's that's all you need. That's that's what I dig. And then I saw this. I'm like, well, I'm just gonna see what WWE characters are coming out. And I went down the rabbit hole. I'm like, okay, that's cool. Scrolling down, scrolling down. Nothing crazy. Scrolling down. And then I get to wait a second. Hitman. I'm like, oh, I like Hitman. I'm like, oh, look at this Austin. Look at this Shawn Michaels. And then I see the wave that they come in. Oh. Uh, and it's with okay. Vince. Build now a who? Who is this Mattel, right? Mattel. Yeah, this is Mattel. Yeah. 
So I don't I don't know, man. Can you click on Vince? I don't know about the head though. Look at his face. Yeah, I've got uh, sent me this, through all these. You sent me this this morning, and the idea is amazing. I'm that doesn't look like Vince McMahon whatsoever, actually. He <laughs> does now. Of... He does now. He does now. Wow. <laughs> no, he, yeah. I mean, that looks like uh, I don't know, not, not Vince, but the build a figure thing is cool. And Vince is always my favorite commentator, as I've said before on the show. So that would be that's pretty tempting, man. But you know what? You and I. We love wrestling. Um, we got out of wrestling, then we got back into it in the 2000s, early 2000s, because uh, the THQ games on N64 were so fantastic, and that kind of drew us back into watching it. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know. You're sending me this. I'm like, we don't need to get into wrestling <laughs> anymore. So don't just we? Simmer down. Simmer I don't down. know. <laughs> I, I told you that I was a backer for the Mattel. A WWE ring that they actually use wooden yeah. planks underneath uh, to simulate the sound of hitting the mat. It comes with Diesel and Doink the Clown were the unlocks and it has different skirts. Mm-hmm. I believe it has WrestleMania skirts and it's six inch scale. Um, so I, I kind of need more figures. I mean, I can't just have Diesel fighting Doink. Could I? What? I and, and Like I said to you, what odd what odd I think Doink is a cool deep like- cut. But Diesel seems kind of random. Maybe there hasn't been a Diesel or a Big Daddy Cool or a Kevin Nash. I guess. Yet. I guess maybe the thought process behind that is the ring is going to sell because that is the main playset of any wrestling uh, series, right? So that's going to yep. sell. So I was saying, no, put Hogan and Macho Man and Andre with it. But yeah, you save those for the, the waves and just put a couple. Maybe Doink wouldn't do so good. Diesel's pretty obscure. I mean, that's Kevin Nash, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. So I don't know, man. I, anyway, we don't need wrestling. So let's just calm hey, down. Hey, you don't tell me what I need for my fix, okay? That, that's how much I'm Jones in here. I'm going down the wrestling rabbit hole to give you the gimme. <laughs> yeah, give me the gimmies. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say hi to everybody in the chat so far too. Yeah. Jay. we've got we've got a few people chiming in here. We've got Lisa, of course. How's it going, Lisa? What's we've up, got my darling? Dan- Daniel, we've got Retro Toys Damn. laughing at us. Silver Knight, Kyle, Cactus, Jamie, the Robot, Menace. Uh, we got Hex Excalibur, and we got Daniel. I already said already. He thinks I'm going to buy all the expensive vintage GI Joe toys from Big Bad Toy Store. We will talk about that later mm. on in the episode because I think that's quite fascinating. Jay, I do have an icebreaker for this week's episode. Our icebreaker, of course, is brought to you by Heroes Comics in London, Ontario. Big Bad Toy Store, one of the premier online uh, vendors for everything that you want to buy for new dollies today. Mock masters, you got to protect those dollies. You can't just stick them on a shelf. You got to stick them on your wall, and they got to be protected with a special UV plastic. And of course, Retro Rags Apparel, official apparel sponsor of Jane Rob Toy Show and Action Figure Adventure. And of course, our lovely Patreon backers that help make this a free experience for all of you at home. This week's icebreaker, Jay. You and I have both been watching the new docu-series on Disney Plus called Get Back. We have not talked about this. I've seen your posts online. And for everybody that doesn't know, Get Back <coughs> is a uh, an experimental documentary series that I would say in which they took over 150 hours of recorded material featuring the Beatles recording Let It Be, writing and recording Let It Be. And they've distilled it down to three parts that run between two and three hours long. Uh, so Each. 150 hours to nine, essentially. And uh, we probably love it for the same reasons. A lot of people love the observational fly on the wallness that is 
uh, get back seeing some of these legends come up with these songs in the moments and how they slowly evolve in every one of their sessions. I want to know, Jay, what kind of treatment would you like to see in that same style and vein for a toy line? If you could be a fly on the wall and see how toy lines were created in that observational, unintrusive way, which toy line would you like to see? Or a cartoon show, maybe. I'll even throw that out there for you, too. I, I would say Star Wars. Uh, uh, the, the pitching of the Kenner Star Wars toys was hilarious, where they took the uh, the adventure people, which is a very family-friendly line, and they kind of mocked up. You know, back then, you know, not even back then, George is very secretive about all this stuff. So they didn't get a lot of shots. M- most of the shots, I think all of the shots were black and white. So they had to make these mock-up out of um, Adventure People characters. Um, I would like to be a fly on the wall and just see that process. And to see, you know, all the toy companies passed on it, except Kenner. And it was like, this is our one shot to pitch and let's see what happens. I I would like to see that. Yeah, I think that would be really cool to see what those meetings were like in the boardroom, 100%. And I do love the pitch materials. I love the pitch materials where they, the same kind of thing that they did with He-Man, right? Where they took like big gym dolls and put clay and stuff around them in different ways to to get the the now infamous trio from Roger Sweet, you know, the barbarian guy, tank Tank head. head. Yeah. bullet head bullet head um, <laughs> i mean they're they're so silly it's almost like you had to pick the barbarian compared to the other two right and i like gotta say i know we're gonna talk about masters part two but i was hoping to see one of them in there but i didn't see tank head or bullet head but <laughs> there's some well, cool we'll, cameos anyway yeah definitely yeah yeah anyway back love, on track yeah i would love to see the original gi joe line or a real american yeah. hero I think both are super fascinating for different reasons. The the original G.I. Joe, because nobody had ever done a boy's action figure before. Nobody had ever gone down that territory. So it was all brand new. What were they going to do? How was it going to react? What kind of case studies were they doing to see if they were going down the right path? And then how were they going to constantly add to the formula in the following years? Uh, I think that would be kind of neat. Real American Hero because joe had gone away and they had to shrink things down and the the patriotic uh, essence that they had to fuel into it and it being basically a brand new gi joe i think would have made for some really interesting meetings and, and stressed out situations as well and you know conflict is always good like we saw and get back uh, the conflict between not only the band members but the, the auxiliary external people the, the entourage with some of the, the members is always interesting to see how that affects people. So the the key creatives plus everybody yeah. else is always a, a fascinating watch. It, it is. And I think both of our choices would be amazing. There's so many others that I would love to witness, like the, the meeting where they decided that let's pour multiple millions into creating the flag. Like the, the G.I. Joe was so big that it's like, they had a board meeting about creating the biggest playset of all time. And this was reasonable in 1985, a seven and a half foot playset is going to fit in the average kid's bedroom. Like it's yeah. crazy ridiculous. I, yeah. I would love to have seen that too. There, there's so many cool moments that you can point to like new adventures, you know, you yeah, get a little yeah. bit of what that was yeah. like in, in power of Grayskull documentary, but just to see those ideas thrown around, how can we reboot he man? 
And then what? Yeah, how can we like yeah, let's put them like, in space? People like Star Wars. People like Star Trek. Why don't we throw them in space? That'll work, right? I think sometimes the train wrecks are the most fascinating stories, even though it's not maybe a happy ending. They're the just the most interesting. You you want to believe it and you want to buy into it, and usually you can get the hook, line, and sinker. Much like the death of Superman lives. What happened? That documentary that looked yeah. at Tim Burton's. Superman film written by Kevin Smith, and you see like how far they got along before they canceled it two weeks before they went to camera with Nick Cage's Superman. So, um, yeah, yeah. I, I guess my issue would be more like I didn't mind the He Man in space and the Attorney of Ship and all that. It was more that honestly, the bad guys were just completely dull and boring to me. And I know we got Retro Universe is going to completely disagree with me on that, and that's fine. But I just, they, they didn't have any of the charm of the original Master stuff. Even though there were simple characters like Beast Man, Merman, yeah. the fish guy, here's the dog guy. You know, the problem like, with New Adventures at that point felt like Bucky O'Hare and Ninja Turtles in space. It did. With it the had that weird, like, 90s weird kind of aesthetic to it that all those shows yep. had and all yep. the designs had. It was co- trying to be futuristic like buck rogers looking and it was just yeah just instead of standing out for the first time uh everything he-man figures and cartoons seemed very similar to everything so it didn't separate itself and and stand apart it had a ubiquitous kind of approach to it uh country uh boy nine john says great episode tonight thank you so much for checking that out on jinx esports tv of course the tv edition season two is rolling out there Every Wednesday at 7.30 p.m., tonight's episode was was a what if, and we talk about different scenarios like what if Hasbro had made He-Man? What if Mattel yeah. didn't pass on making Star Wars? So we explore that. What if McFarlane didn't uh, release Movie Maniacs and, and like-minded figures? So check that out, Jinxie Sports TV. Do you want to talk about the Rancor update, Jay, or do you want to get right to the meat and potatoes of Revelation Part 2? Oh, just a quick update. Um you know, I got to give it to Hasbro. A lot of people hate on Hasbro, um, but I got to give it to them. They're listening to fans. Everyone wants the Rancor Keeper, and that's what they're giving us. They haven't shown any kind of design for it yet, but they showed a static image. Rob will bring that up here in a second. Um, of the Rancor Keeper himself. There it is right there. So that's just a static image of Return of the Jedi. Very low res, by the way, too. Yeah. Uh, but they put that up sh- saying, basically, w- we hear you. Obviously, we see that the the campaign isn't going very well, so we're going to give you guys what you want. I, I like that. I like that they're listening. I don't want them to be dictated by the fans, but I think that you need the Rancor Keeper to have this if you're going to add extra figures. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, we talked about that being the obvious character that was missing from the pitch, and we questioned why Salacious Crumb was there uh, instead. I mean... The only other reason that we didn't mention last week is because he's a bit of a puppet and a monster, and that's always a cooler kind of character. But the nice thing I like about this, this isn't like an unlock at 21,000 backers. This gets added to the base set, and right now we're sitting at just under 5,000 backers. So they've come up 500 people since this announcement not long ago. Yeah, So clearly it swayed some people. It is brutal. And yeah. as of this recording, they've got just over five days to make up yeah. 4,000 backers. Look, we just got a backer clicking right there. So uh, if you, you want know what? the Black Series Rancor, this yeah. is you know literally the 11th hour for you. I, I am proud of the toy collecting community. And, and I want to say that, you know, 
I'm glad that people are standing up. If you don't like, if you don't think the rancor is worth it, if it's not worth your money, vote your with, vote with your wallet. Like that's the best thing you can do. And I'm glad yeah. people are doing that. And I don't want to see the project fail. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. if you don't want it, don't feel obligated don't to buy it because that's, it's Star that's Wars part of our and, bet, you know. right? That's like the whole reason yeah. why we're holding off because we feel compelled to buy so much stuff that we truly don't love, or at least we truly don't love yeah. six months or a year from now when it when it arrives. We're just getting filled with plastic crap you know like it's okay it's it's not the best and we have more options than ever if you don't like it regardless of that star wars label on it don't buy it and and return return of the jedi is my favorite almost every scene in that movie is just i've watched a billion times and even i was just like uh i just you know we've talked about this episodes before. We're not going to beat a dead horse, but just the the price, the price tag of this stuff is getting out of control. So I I would rather, I would rather like chase that Buck Rogers starship that I've been looking for forever. You know, that's going to be at least 500 bucks. I'd rather just do that (laughs) than just go into another, another brand new piece. It's funny. You mentioned that my friend, because uh, recently we've been doing toy room tours for season three of our television series Mm. uh we don't have an official order or anything like that yet but we're trying to think ahead and get ahead of the curve and we uh, saw a toy collection that had indeed the buck rogers starship Mm. amongst other vehicles which was pretty cool to see after how long you have been discussing this our buddy our buddy um gi joe john too he he offered us the starship if we wanted to shoot it as well so that's really great of him too so Thanks, yeah, we'll John. shoot it, keep it on our shelves for a while, let you know when we're yeah. done with it. And uh yeah, you know, keep maybe. keep it, maybe maybe give it back, maybe not. I don't know. Toy toy bullies. <laughs> we'll well, just it keep it and you can try to take it from us. <laughs> <laughs> uh Country Boy says he just finished Revelations, so I don't know. Should is that what we're gonna get into? I think we should well he's saying it's that. a super I mean, fun show and looking forward to the future of the franchise. I mean, maybe we don't have to say any any anymore. I don't know, man. I, I really want to know what you think, and uh, you really want to know what I think. And I want everyone in chat to uh, give us their thoughts on part yeah. two of Kevin Smith's He-Man uh, Masters of the Universe show. I guess that's what, not what I hate already is what we said when we looked at the first five episodes, and people were judging it based on five episodes. People are inherently going to compare part one to part two instead of looking at it as a whole. So... It's really hard to divide yourself when when I'm trying to think about what I think about these final five episodes because I'm inherently comparing them to the first five when I need to just look at all ten. That's where I'm really getting hung up. Uh, I found that the pacing of the first five episodes was much more patient and thought out and drawn, whereas... The storytelling in the last five was very quick. There, I felt like there was a lot of shortcuts taken in order to get in and out of certain situations to check a plot point. Uh, and I could, it just felt clunky. It didn't move quick enough or smooth enough or with enough elegance the way that the first five episodes did. Something happened in the first five episodes and shattered, you know, where the characters were going to go. And they all kind of went off in their own d- different direction. And they all looped back at the end of episode five in a natural way that felt digestible. The opposite almost happened this where when this begins episode six or part one or episode one of part two, however you want to look at it, everybody cl- clunkily 
I'm using that word on purpose, meanders and trips over things in order to get back to where they need to be, supposedly through the story. And the most haphazard ways that is sometimes, I don't know, encumbered by fan service and without too, logic too much, and deus Too much fan service. Too much fan service. Okay. Way so too that, much. That's, that's my biggest complaint, I would say. Now that the complaint is out of the way, looking at it as a whole show, I am really still in love with it from where I was when we watched the first first part. I, I have to compare it to other adult animation stuff that we get. Mainly, we see a lot of it in the DC Direct stuff where, they'll, where they will you know adapt a graphic novel like The Killing Joke or The Death of Superman, and it'll be a two-hour affair. Some of them are, are awesome. Some of them are okay. But they always hit that mark, and I feel like what they did with Masters of the Universe Revelation is certainly hits that mark and is enjoyable. It doesn't let me down. It doesn't you know, crap on the franchise. It doesn't wreck anything. I think the creators and the writers were just really excited and thinking this is our one chance to do anything in Masters of the Universe. So if we want to put it in there as fans of the brand ourselves, then we better do it now. So again, the fan service, just all this stuff jutting in. Not necessary. You know, you don't have to play with every toy in the box to have a great story. Not every toy needs to make, you know, an appearance when you're playing. But this this is the great uh, conundrum of the uh, the today filmmaker. Okay, so you have someone like Gareth Edwards who gets to play in the Star Wars world. He doesn't know if he's ever going to get to do it again, right? So he's a kid in, in a sandbox. Okay, we'll put Doctor Evas in, and we'll put Walrus Man in, we'll put the Blue Milk in. It's too much. It's too much. We'll put the Adats in because Empire was cool, right? I kind of feel like Part Two did that a lot. Um, I, I know he's trying to go like obscure with pig boy and stuff like that. And I appreciate that. And, um, but it was, it was too, too much reference. And this one, I thought in particular, like, first of all, I'll say, I loved, I loved the show and I'm going to continue to watch in the ending. Obviously, you know, there's going to be more, but, um, I, I loved it, but it seemed like there was two locations. There was castle Grayskull, And then there was like the palace. It just didn't feel is, do you know what I mean? It's like when there's going to be spoilers, by the way. So if anyone hasn't watched this, um, yeah, I'm just Suck it we're up. warning you now. Like evil and destroys heaven. I was just like, okay, like what? That uh, stuff like that. It was just like it's too far. It's like she's Thanos all of a sudden. She has the gauntlet. She could control everything. What did you think about that? So you got Skeletor has that, and then she tricks him because she's been abused by him for years, which I like how she got to dominate him. But then she's a god. It's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And then Tila's the god. And then He-Man comes back. It's like, just calm down. Everyone yeah, just like... It's, there's always a bigger fish. Like, well, okay, I got the power. So now big. you got the power. Now she's got the power. Now they got the power. And it's yeah. like it's really diluting the specialness of this power when everybody can get it. I, I still think, you know, the people that are complaining that this should be called Tila and the Masters of the Universe, it's like you didn't watch it all because if you're going to say that it's going to be one character uh, taking the main role, it, you've got to look at Evil Lynn because I think she's even more present in the first five episodes than Tila and more memorable. And I think she has the bigger arc 
that nobody saw coming and is more instrumental to the to the entire story in the final five episodes as well. So you see where yeah. she starts, and it's truly a rags to riches kind of transformation for her. She goes down the dark path when she could have chosen, you know, the the way of the good, so to speak, but doesn't. And I think that was a really interesting story choice, and I'm, and I'm fully behind it. Destroying heaven and destroying this and destroying that. Again, it's the death of Superman thing. Well, I can do anything because it can be undone because why? Magic, right? Like there's no explanation to how any of this stuff gets created. It's like trying to explain how Green Lantern's powers work. And it's simple. He thinks it, it happens. You know, he thinks of a giant hammer. You see a giant hammer. You think you're going to destroy heaven. Evil and can destroy heaven. It, it's too much. It's not, it doesn't make it special when you can kind of do anything. There's no limits. Yeah, it was t- it's too big, too much, too quickly. Where part one didn't really do that. Uh, it all, you know, it ended with Skeletor getting it, and then becomes a god. It's awesome. And then it was like very quickly. You know, I like the idea that Adam could summon the power without the sword, and then it's kind of like this mutated version where he's basically the Incredible Hulk, right? Who's yeah. not in control of himself. Um, but it was just, I don't know. I I would like to have seen it to be a bit longer maybe 10 episodes for each season or part one or part two they tried to cram too much yeah in, i really uh, thought that it was five. rushed it, it should have been another three episodes like a standard 13 episode order maybe it's just the yeah. netflix thing where it's a 10 episode kind of cut off but i just it, it just felt so rushed i mean you could have totally drawn out skeletor in you know, having that power of Grayskull and dominating, you know, waiting for the the nexus of the universe to happen and let other people try to figure out how to how to stop that. And then you could have drawn out when Evelyn took it over in Skeletor, like on the dregs and have good storytelling. I, I still don't buy into the, you know, I always had the spark, but the sword was the conduit. Like since when? And then well, you won't do it later. Like well, it just seems lazy. And so, well, like, because you can have the power, and then somebody else can have the power, and there's just power for everyone. Power on. That's one thing I didn't like, and I think we touched on this before. It's that yeah. they made such a big deal about the sword in the first part and Roboto's sacrifice, and I didn't think they'd ever make me fall in love with Roboto. He's probably one of the worst characters, in my opinion, of Masters. I never liked him. Mm. And in this one, he's so awesome, and he's human. Uh, he's got human qualities to him and he's, you know, man at arms built him and all that. And then he forges the sword and then it's kind of like, well, the sword doesn't matter now. You know, we could still yeah, summon the power. Uh, you're going to get like a, a weird version of He-Man, but you're still going to be able to do it. I was just like, okay, what? Yeah. So can Skeletor do that now without the sword? Like, I don't, I don't get it. And, and, and since when can He-Man share the power with somebody? Because he gives the power back to Skeletor to make him Skele God again. Well, is that where is that where he sh- like in the filmation one when he shoots Krenger? Is that sharing the power? He turns him into Battle Cat, maybe. I I don't, I don't know. know. It's it just seems clunky. Um, the way that they've explained that part before, like in two thousand X, it basically you know he's, he's an extension of you. I believe is how they explain the cringer transformation I, well, again but. guys everyone in chat we like i love it rob loves it we're just kind of you know him and i have if you know we always save it for the show so we haven't really had a chance to talk about it so this is just us naturally talking about some of the things that just didn't sit right but it doesn't make the show bad i think uh the show is still fantastic 
it, um, it's just a lot to buy into like one or two things okay like if they would have yeah. just left it at okay adam can call down the power and that's that okay sure that's fine uh, but then anybody can have that sword and anybody can raise it. I don't know. Again, my problem is it dilutes stuff and there's just too much for us to buy into. And then, you know, Tila can become the sorceress, but she she can leave the castle. But she doesn't have to follow the rules of Grayskull. It's like, wh- I was like, what? She's like, well, I realize I, I do need my friends, but I could still have the power. And I'm just like, so you're basically the power is whatever yeah. you want it to be. Like, yeah, I didn't it's like, like that. you know, I, I we're going to play I, a game of baseball and it starts with the pitcher throwing the ball. Hopefully the batter misses and the catcher catches it, and that's what the defending team wants. But now I'm just going to, you know, throw it towards the fans, and we're going to call that baseball instead. Like, it doesn't make sense. You you have this yeah. setup of what it's supposed to be, and you're not, like, spinning it. You're not trying to do, yep. like, a reversal. You're just creating something new for no reason. I mean, it would have been way more tragic if, you know, Tila did make that sacrifice, did, you know, com- you know, commit to the castle. And there's Adam there, you know, on the drawbridge that she can never fully be with unless he's in the castle as well. You know, I well, think that's is, a way stronger story. Evelyn, Evelyn did the same thing. She blew the roof off and she's like, well, I'm going to leave now, too. It's like, um, but Skeletor made you the sorceress. I guess she can leave, too. <laughs> Um, yeah, but can Skeletor make somebody the sorceress, or do you have to well, give yourself to the castle? Yeah, well, he did. <laughs> ev- evidently, you can do whatever you want when you're one of the masters I was of the universe, confused let alone the he, master of the universe. I was confused because he's a god. Okay, so Skeletor is a god. It's in his name, Skele God. He's a god, and then he gives the sorceress the power, but then Beast Man somehow kind of tells her that the sorceress is like more powerful than Skeletor, even though he's a God. And I was like, I'm trying to follow it. I'm like, okay. Um, yeah. Okay. And I'm just kind of getting lost here. And I, I really love the part where you see Evelyn's backstory, because I agree with you. I think she's the best character in the show, hands down. Yeah. And, you know, she was a gutter rat. She was a thief, you know, she had to survive in the sewers. And then Skeletor kind of, and I thought Keldor was actually going to come out of that teleporter, by the way. We see Skeletor and uh, he takes her under his wing and teaches her magic and all that stuff. I think it was great. I like that part. It, it's certainly episodes that I want to go back and rewatch. Uh, when we w- talked about it, the first part that dropped, I'd watched it twice in the first day. I wasn't nearly as excited to check these out. And then it just didn't hold my attention like the first five episodes. Then again, the first five episodes felt so carefully constructed and well thought out by comparison to the second five it all works there's just a lot to buy into that i think could have been avoided if you're trying to include less and you're trying to do less it could have got a lot more focused and a lot more digestible and easier than trying to like bring it down to this thing and then blow it up by including a bunch of other things and then try to shoehorn to the ending which brings us to the ending well, hang on, hang on, hold on. There's a lot to talk about before we get to that that finale, which is kind of bittersweet for you and I. Uh, anyway, let's talk about, before we talk about the end, let's talk about um, the, the, the fallen heroes that didn't come back. And I'm so thankful that they didn't come back. Orko comes back, hmm. but we lose Fisto, we lose Clamp Champ in a horrible way. Uh, yeah, Panthor gets killed in a horrible way. 
Yeah. The sorceress gets killed in a horrible yeah. way. And I'm just glad we didn't have that ending scene where it's like, oh, all is right with the world. You know, everyone's going to heaven or whatever. And then Fisto's back and Clan James back. I'm like, no, they're they're dead. Yeah. Um, I like that commitment that Kevin decided to do where it's like, nope, I decided to take these guys. Oh, we lose uh, Blade and Clawful to the, the octopus thing in Grayskull. Killed them. Yeah. Uh, it's great. I, I love that. That's a lot of guts to kill off characters like that. No one There's really better- super... Yeah, there's nothing better yeah. when something's finite and it sticks and it's not like again no. magically reversed, you know. So there is now no heaven or hell, I guess, either. Yeah. So did, did I miss something, or does what's it called, preternia? What's the heaven called, preternia? Preternia, yeah, and subternia. So are those guys all dead? That's just the yeah, dead, right? I guess the the afterlife so heaven wiped away because they blew up the Eternia playset, which I was like, "Do you know how much that's worth?" By the way, you just blew it up. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's gone, and they snuffed out Skeletor, snuffed out the souls of Fisto and Clamp. That was really cool, man. I, I like that part. I really didn't like when Orko and Scareglow came back. I don't think I you agree. need it. I think they nope. could have just stayed away. They had their moment again. Orko, you know, perished so kind of poetically, and then bringing him back is like okay. Again, well, come, yeah, come it's, on back it's, to the it's, party. It just it didn't feel as I don't know, didn't feel as special. It diluted out, what we had seen. Yeah, you're taking out all the emotion of the first, the first part. Yeah, and I mean, you know, we see Orko in the filmation one, and he's a bumbling magician who can't quite, you know, can't quite get his stuff right, and this one. You know he's he's pretty good. I mean, he goes toe to toe with Scareglow, who's a powerful uh, sorcerer. Yeah, and he beats him, or they cancel each other out. Whatever happens, but he saves the day and he sacrifices himself. It's fantastic. Yeah. And then he kind of appears. I didn't know what that cloth thing was. I thought it was Tila. Yeah, but then we find out it's Orko's scarf, and I was like, okay. And then he was going back to heaven, and I like that because Tila's like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, but then Evelyn like just grabs him, and now he doesn't have to go up to heaven i guess like <laughs> again there there's like what <laughs> the problem is when you introduce something like a shortcut like that like okay he, he is going back he's not going back like you introduce it so you only show the essence of what happens you never get to fully explain it because fully explaining it is really clunky you can't have an aside where it explains everything that you need to know so you have to buy into it and try to figure it out in your head then again, Punky. you could you could say that we're overanalyzing this stuff. I mean, this nope. is entertainment. It doesn't these have to are, be that These are deep, big right? things that every single person seems to have a problem with. There's no overanalyst, you know, analyzing with this analysis. That's the word. I haven't I haven't heard anyone call Tila Ray yet, and I thought for sure after I finished watching this, and I, I finished watching it today because I wanted it super fresh. Um, there's a lot of parallels between her and Ray, and I was just. No, I never saw anything online about you know Ray, you know the Mary Sue or whatever you want to call her. Um, she just all of a sudden knows all this stuff, um, which is great. Which is great. I think Tila was a really fantastic character, um, and I and again I liked. It was almost like a World of Warcraft dynamic where uh, He Man was the warrior. He's the front line, the tank, and then you had the sorceress who was the wizard. It was really cool, man. It wasn't just He Man doing everything. I really liked that. Yeah, it was Masters of the Universe. It was about all of them. Yeah. And like and, and everybody oh, had a bit of about, a story. How about Randor and Duncan back to back fighting? Oh, was that so was sick, cool. man. How about like yeah. Point Dread seeing like a different interpretation yeah. of that? That was yeah. cool. And how it was hidden. The talent 
Talon fighter is the size of the Enterprise. I was like, what? what? Yeah, that's yeah. It's pretty big. Uh, the moment yeah. between Adam and Randor, where Randor, yeah, you know, says he's sorry. You know, it's it's the uh, so, moment everybody waited for in filmation that never happened. That was very cool. In, and tell me, oh, Masters of the Universe expert, Savage oh, He-Man originally was he written like the Incredible Hulk? No, was he, he just, just like he's more like Tarzan, the ape man, you know, coming out from the forest, you know, a jungle guy. Yeah, he had a That's tribe. It. He was yeah. involved with the tribe, right? He left his yeah. tribe to yeah. Yeah. I kind of thought a little bit when she became when Tila became the sorceress. Sorry, I'm just looking at figures. When Tila became the sorceress, she would have like the warrior goddess. That's what I thought. Thing. That's what and I, I was thought like, too. Because yeah. that iconography was like all around Grayskull. There's like the snakes on the bottom and stuff. I thought, okay, yeah. cool. Maybe. Maybe. But yeah, I thought they didn't I thought they tried to do too much. And by doing too much, they overcomplicated what was already a really elegant storyline by you know I don't know, dashing too many possible toys on top of it unnecessarily. You're just sprinkling too many ingredients. Yeah. It doesn't make the, the soup taste better. Overall, I, I will say I, I, I did like it. I, I think it's probably my f- favorite He-Man series of all time next to the film, like the, the live action movie. So I love it. I can't wait for the, the new part. And I'll let you talk about the ending there. Um, what did you yeah, think of that ending? There's a couple different things to talk about. Yeah. I mean, I, I like the series overall as well. I don't, it is, it's good. It's, I don't think it's as good as Filmation or 2002 because there's so many more episodes. It's a different beast though. Like this is a, you know, a five hour single story and those are like 22 <coughs> minute adventures. Yeah. Well, the ending, the, the ending, uh, interesting twist with what happens after everything, you know, is hunky dory and attorney again we find out what happens with skeletor and how he is like blaming Trapjaw and triclops which i kind of completely forgot about and was okay that they were doing their own thing in snake mountain because i what i had seen in part one was cool i like that spin and that's fine and then we see basically skeletor taking it out on them as he returns to his former uh base and we we discover what motherboard is what did you think about that? I I don't know if I fully understood it. So it's a shrine to Goddess Evelyn. Is that what you got out of that? Uh, I don't know that. I thought like, it was a shrine to Evelyn or anything. I think uh, that was just an, an idol, a representation. I it's. I thought it looked like Evelyn to me, but like I, the, like the like the sorceress version of Evelyn. But like a robot version of it. I was thinking That's more Shadow Weaver, like a Shadow Weaver kind of presence thing. Um, mm. Some sort of giant angelic, uh, you know, feminine creature at the very least uh, sure. that reveals itself and transforms. You know, we had seen all these technology get infused, uh, much like the Borg, into these other disciples until it transformed them, and then of course this ends up being. A connection to the horde and the last thing you see yeah. in the whole series is skeletor get attacked with these tendrils and this technological virus permeating his body and then you see uh, this creature or this entity or this idol reveal like a holographic horde symbol uh flashing yeah. he's becoming digitized yeah pretty much lord dread 
is uh, what's up, Curtis? Is working behind the scenes. So, yeah. So again, I mean, you said there's some problems getting Shira into it. So uh, it's the Venom Spider-Man thing for me. I don't understand how you can have Venom movies without Spider-Man. I don't know how you can have Hordak without Shira. So. Well, the Horde was a Mattel toy line that was part of the Masters of the Universe line. Since this is Mattel television, you can have the Horde. It's it's like Quicksilver. It's like Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch. They were owned by two different people for a while, right? Fox could include them in X-Men movies because they were technically X-Men, but they could be part of the MCU because they were Avengers as well. So that's why there was different versions. Like, uh, obviously, you know, She-Ra being my favorite... It would be really disappointing, but I mean, you know, that's going to be at least next year, if not longer. So if it comes uh, out, what do the numbers have to be ratings wise for them to comment and commit? What is the backlash going to do to it? Was it too, was there too much backlash to invest in another five episodes? I'm down for five more episodes. A hundred percent. I'll be the first one to wave the flag. More masters in this style in this look and this aesthetic and this kind of storytelling, even with all the clunkiness. I'm 100% on board, especially if we're going to go down the path of the evil horde, which I think a lot of people really enjoy as a, as a faction. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm all aboard. I think it's fantastic. Um, I haven't seen the other one, which is the, you know, the tagline, we have the power, the other show that's on Netflix. Uh, I haven't seen that yet. I you should give that, that a out, go. But, uh, you need to watch that. Yeah. But the 2002 one, I was a big fan of. Obviously, the Filmation one is what we grew up on. Big fan of that. So, yeah, I I think Kevin Smith has done it justice. And I got to point out the one Kevin Smith joke that might have got past the censors when Fisto says to, you know, he looks at Skeletor and says, I'd like to fist him. Like, hilarious. Like, way to go, Kevin. Mm. It's cheesy, but I'm glad his potty humor got in there without it being too obvious. Yeah, I mean, that's what everybody thinks with Fisto, right? When you see all those Masters memes go around, he's got his giant fist. Like, I'm going to Well, even, even, as a, even as adults, when they're saying each other's names, and I don't mean it's Duncan silly, and yeah. t I mean, the other guy's like Goatman and Horse Boy and stuff. It's like... Yeah. It's like, uh, okay, you know. Yeah, but those are so bad that you have to put them in there, right? Like the Batman 66 villains we were talking about, right? Like King yeah. Tut and, you know, that kind but of But the, they acknowledge, uh, you know... Goat, goat man and, and the, the little pig boy, pig stuff. boy they acknowledge yeah. it's like wow it's the bottom of the barrel you know really get to the bottom that was of the cool, barrel here very cool line yeah. there yeah the robot menace is picking up on, on what i said when we floated it disappointed that evelyn didn't have this uh, screech motif as a sorceress which is what i said you know if it's about dualities the light and the dark and the parallelism then sure it would have made more sense so for that's, her to have this if you look headdress. at if you go up a couple, Retro Universe says, uh, I thought they just gave Screech a human-type form. So they might have been, uh, you know, bowing down to Screech. Who knows, man? But that's, uh, that's a knows. pretty cool theory, too. Yeah. Um, I wanted to get to one more thing before we get to Action Figure Spotlight, and that is uh, this discovery on Big Bad Toy Store. And mm. this is the first thing I this first time I've ever seen anything quite like this, man, where <clears> they're <throat> listing vintage action figures. Of course, Big Bad Toy Store is known for everything new that's coming out. You can pre-order new stuff. They really don't have stock much older than a couple of years, and it's only if there's inventory sticking around, I've seemed to notice, which they, you know, try to just, you know, get out through Black Friday sales and Cyber Monday stuff, holiday bonanzas. 
But lo and behold, I saw that they had not only vintage G.I. Joe, but graded G.I. Joe stuff. Yeah. And it's nothing to sneeze at, right? Look, you got an 83 Snake Eyes well, graded okay. 75 right hold here. Hold up, hold up. Those top three are some of the rarest stuff. That glider is ridiculous. To even You can't even really find that loose because it's made of styrofoam. It is yep. so fragile that... I mean, it came out in 82, 83. By now, it's it's garbage. So to have a sealed one, it, and yeah. you can see, like, the box is not that great a shape, but just to see that in a box and you get, a, like, a sealed glass case, it's graded. That's pretty damn cool, man. Like, Yeah, yeah. I, I was pretty excited by it, and seeing it on Big Bad Toy Store made me actually, you know, more interested in buying it than, you know, having to duke it out on eBay or some of the other sites that are out there because first of all the shipping is really great to canada but i mean look at this stuff this is awesome you know night force night striker whale like how cool is that yeah. oh That's super just... super rare toys r us exclusive all oh, the night force stuff so yeah, good like and that. of course snake That's eyes great. awesome and they also had some uh import figures as well like look at the japanese release of duke oh, awesome they had yeah. a cobra commander here as well that i thought was super it's quick cool. kick there's grunt lady J. yeah Cobra Commander. Yeah, yeah lots of cool stuff. What do you think about I'm this? Not, how, how does it strike you to see graded vintage figures on Big Bad Toy Store? It's a departure from what we're used to seeing. It is. Uh, Big Bad Toy Store is nothing but class. Uh, just pure professionalism. And this is no exception. Like, if they were going to do something like this, this is exactly how I would expect it. You know, fully encased. They've, they've had it graded. Um, this is for the elite collector. This is for, you know, you want to collect G.I. Joe's. You want it to get shipped to your house in a totally secure way. This is the best way to do it. Because I don't know about you, but uh, I think Big Bad Toy Store has the best shipping. Everything I've got from them is in perfect shape. I've had no problems. Uh, it's well packed. And obviously, this stuff that's worth thousands, thousands of dollars is going to be shipped uh uh, you know, just super tight as well. This is great. I think it's awesome. You don't have to worry about e eBay getting outbid. Um, the downside, obviously, is you're paying top dollar, but you yeah. have to also remember they've sent all these out to get graded, and that costs not only a lot, but a lot of time as well. The Hawk sold out, eh? At 349 like that. Yeah, somebody grabbed it. Yeah. Yep. So this is working. The Mobat and the, the Mobat's Mobat gone. Is gone in the twenty-five hundred U.S. dollars. Wow! Now, if you click it, click it, click that one. The Mobat. Was it say it says the grade right? Yeah, grade eighty. Oh, that's right awesome! Yeah, so they tell you the grade. They tell you what you're getting up front. I love the Toys R Us sticker on the side. Let's see it right there. Yeah. Pretty wild. It's thick, man. I, I love it. Aside from our bet, aside from our bet, pretending our bet yeah. wasn't happening. Would you yeah. pull the trigger on any of these? Oof. Well, I don't know. Um, I mean, that look at that. <laughs> the Night Force whale. That is insane, man. Like That's, the whale itself hardcore, complete man. is worth a lot of money. But this one, Toys R Us exclusive, jet black and red. Oh, it's gorgeous. Um, if I could, I would. I'll tell you that. If I could, I would. I would probably pick that. Or actually, I would go for the glider. Look at that same price. I would do the glider. Yeah. I would do the glider. Because that comes with the tan, the tan grunt as well, right? If I was going to spend, let's say, 2500 bucks, I'd probably go for the Crusader Space Shuttle. 
And I'd probably yeah. go for this Scarlet figure. It's graded 80, which oh, is pretty weird. high for an 82 figure. You know? But that's so. gorgeous. I mean, look at the... Just look at the shape. Yeah, good for those guys. I mean, they're doing something new. Um, on this scale, it's new, I should say. There's obviously private sites that do this, but big bad toy store you can trust and you know that you're going to get exactly what you pay for. That'll bring us to Action Figure Spotlight. Jay, what do you have uh, set aside for this? Do I have to pick a number or is it straight up you know what you're going to show? I'm glad you have more than one because I only have one. Um, I only have one, so it's up. So we can just do one, one each. That's easy. I think we should hold it up at the same time because I guarantee you it's probably the same thing. I guarantee it's not. That's not okay. Good. Then let me go first. Then okay. Um, so this is from uh, Big Bad Toy Store as well. I believe it was an exclusive, but um, going with the whole Masters of the Universe um, theme, I finally and I forgot I I pre-ordered this. I totally forgot I pre-ordered the uh, the Attorney and Guards. Let me get that in frame there. Nice. This piece is really, really interesting. Um, not only because I just think guards of any kind, army building is really just such a super cool uh, thing to do. But you get like, there we go, the original Man-at-Arms armor, the original Man-at-Arms head. So if you're not happy with the Origins one they did with the mustache, they got you covered. You can do uh, the original younger Duncan, I guess it would be. Um, but look at this art on the back. Well, the art on the front too—it's—it's it's all just so fantastic. So you can see, Man at Arms, I think, is frozen. And Crystal, okay, I wonder if that's like the Granomir episode. Who's 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 this? Well, that, it is, could that be, is that Skeletor when he snuck in? It could be, or it could be Count Marzo. Yeah, who knows? Because Marzo has the Very amulet cool. that gives him his power. So I love the front art. That's what sold me a hundred percent. At oh, first, yeah, I thought it was a two pack of figures as well. Uh, because the way it's displayed, if you look at it quickly, you might think that there's two figures there. But again, cool to have attorney and guards. And uh, I've got yeah, three I love, of those. Coming. I love the army building. Uh, and uh, I want to see, I think on one of the sides, yeah, I want uh, Skeletor's like ghouls here. I want those yeah. to come out. That's some of my favorite have, things about the Origins box, yeah. man. All the little details they put on the sides and you know the little yeah, look at this guy. Like this guy is coming out of the ground. See that? It's that awesome, so cool, and that's that looks. Yeah, I wonder if that's a whiplash, because he he comes with that that mace and the vintage figure, and he, he obviously is subterranean like lizard guy, so that's where he'd be. Yeah. Oh, that would be really cool. Now, um, are you I, sold on this? Because when we first talked about this a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. when I saw that they were in stock, you weren't sold on the Eternity and Palace guards. You're like, I don't know, but here you go. I would. I don't know why he's an exclusive. I don't want him to be this big i just want a single carded one so i can army build him at 1499 that's my real problem with it i don't need and i appreciate this the the old school man at arms but i don't need that i would rather have seen him on a single card so we can buy you know at least four of them at reasonable price this is not so reasonable um it's unpunched but again you know i don't like the double packaging because all my master stuff is on the wall they all fit together and this is going to go with keldor where it doesn't quite fit anywhere and it takes up a lot of space, but yet I don't want to open it. So yeah. Anyway, that's my uh, this week's pickup, and it doesn't count as a buy because it was pre-ordered a long time ago. And yeah, yeah. I far, understand. Far away. I understand. Yeah. Nobody's nobody's holding you to that. Uh, well, mine is of the Masters of the Universe variety as well, 
and here's the box for it. Now, Jay, do you know what this is or what brand this is yet? No. Okay, so for so. everybody that's listening on the audio side, you're looking at a giant visage of Snake Mountain. It's purple. Snake Mountain, yeah. I haven't, I haven't even opened this yet. I literally just got this ready for the show. But when we pull this back... Oh, boy. So it is Hordak. Now, is this the front side? No, this is the back side. So I have to go on this side. So this is Mondo's exclusive oh, Hordak. Yeah. Um, Damn. Open. Oh, it's there's a clasp on the side, a magnetic clasp. You can yeah. hear that shut. And this is the exclusive one, not the PowerCon exclusive. I don't think I got the PowerCon exclusive one. It's the PowerCon exclusive blue? Yeah. And this one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Look at that. Apologies for the reflection here, folks. But there you go. You can see that there. And the, the wow. mono version exclusive has uh, the, the buzzsaw. Uh for like Hurricane Hordak and whatnot. And so I'm just gonna bring this out here so you guys can see it a little bit easier. So there you Damn. go. That is that is beautiful. Look at that. Now this is very much a pick and choose line for me. Uh yeah, so Buzzsaw Hordak and Hurricane Hordak, you can see it those additional features right there on the end oh nice so they give you like all all the hordak accessories you could possibly need yeah that was the big exclusive hole for it um, there's an even better look at it so my stuff goes flying everywhere don't worry about that <laughs> yeah well and this is the this is the only problem i've ever had with the, the mondo stuff it's it's a pick and choose line for me because not every figure looks as cool as some of it should and it's very difficult to pose, very difficult to get all the stuff to fit in the hands the way that you want. you got to figure out the riddle of which hand goes for what accessory. Yeah. But this figure looks cool. And I was there filming for Action Figure Adventure Season 1 when they were designing it. So it just felt like an instant so like, cool. must-have. Uh, so yeah for me so that would be like i would pick my favorite one of my favorite characters so i'd probably pick hordak and just have one of them but i'm yeah. with you i don't think i could get the whole line unless yeah. you were just collecting masters then go for it because that's almost like hot toys masters right yeah i mean this was 150 bucks it's not like super expensive yeah but it's they don't have a ton of figures but i've passed on stuff like Scareglow. i had he-man and skeletor sold them I, I love Man at Arms. Man at Arms is awesome. Hordak look cool. Uh, interested to see what the other figures look like. They're doing a Battle Cat at this scale, if you can believe that, Jay. Jeepers. That's like Thunder Tank size. That's going to be awesome. Yeah. So that's my action figure spotlight for the week. What uh, What do you got on deck for, for the week ahead before we meet again, my friend? Oh, you know, we're going to do something really fun. Um um, my buddy Stewart and um, Michael Mercy are going to come over on uh, this Sunday. We're going to do a, a, a table read of the Transformers the movie script, and we're going to act out the characters on video. <laughs> so that's going to be super fun. We're going to put that all on our different YouTube channels uh, together. So that's going to be a lot of fun. I'm hoping to turn into a series because we were talking about doing like G.I. Joe the movie and others. Um, so that's going to be fun this Sunday, man. So check it out. It's going to be on YouTube probably in a couple weeks. Uh, looking have forward you, to that. Uh, are you guys fighting over who gets to be who? Do they know that you have to be Prime oh, and no, Hot no Rod? Fight. There's no fight. <laughs> no, no. Michael's guy's optimist. I'm fine. I'm fine with him. I'm like, you know what? 
I gotta be Judd Nelson, man. That's all I want. You can pick everyone else. I just want to be Hot Rod. So we haven't picked, but he's doing. I think he's doing Prime. I'm doing uh-huh. Hot Rod, and I don't. I'm not. I don't think Stuart. Cares. How do you do the other characters, or do you just? Skip we're gonna, actually we're the... gonna get Stuart to do Galvatron because he's the Star Trek guy, so Leonard Nimoy, right? Right. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I don't know. We're just gonna pick pick for each scene. It's gonna be a lot of fun and super embarrassing. So you guys don't want to miss that. Check out my YouTube channel. It's just Jay Bartlett, not The Exorcist. And uh, yeah, I'm going to have a lot of fun uh, acting like a bunch of jackasses doing Transformers voices. <laughs> well, you know, I love it when you do your voices. I often try to get you to do them, which is great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as, as far as what I'm doing uh, this upcoming week, it's more editing. Whittling down our adventure from the summer is still ongoing. And I've got a remote crew that is currently in Michigan for some interesting yeah. developments in the world of action figure adventure that yeah. I'm sure we'll be able to share soon. Uh, but we have our lovely friends, uh, Nathan and Cindy, as well as Emoto on the crew side filming with the likes of Jeremy DeWitt uh, and Motu Joe, of course. And maybe some other people will make some appearances too, depending on what happens. We just don't know quite yet. And uh, it's out of our hands. And that's part of the part of the awesomeness of what we do with action figure adventure. It's all real. And sometimes we can be a part of these stories. And sometimes we get an awesome assist from other people in the adventure. So stay tuned for that. Um, As we end every episode, Jay, we have our awesome slogan. That's too big to fit on a bumper sticker and too long to put on a t-shirt. Uh, for the love of toys and the warmth of scarves, take care of yourselves and each other. Because the best time of J day, <laughs> the best time of J day, <laughs> the best time of day, J is is obviously playtime. It's coffee time at this point. Oh my goodness! Thanks for watching, everybody. We will check you out <laughs> next week. Cheers.